Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I want to thank everyone so much for joining us this evening. This is Word for Now, and um, we are continuing um, our journey in digesting what the Lord gave to us um, during the Watchman Prophetic Conference. And we are so excited. Um, to be a part um, of what the Lord is doing right now at the end of the ages. I hope you are too. Um, honestly, the cool thing about most of the end of the ages is that we are just a privileged generation. The, the cry or the claim is not that we were so good because we're finishers, but we got to part, we got to witness something. Um, a, a woman once prophesied and said that these individuals that will partake of this thing, they are worthy of great admiration and favor by the Godhead, amen. And what's a privilege you get to be a part of this. Um, you just have to make sure as a believer that you are not deceived at this point as the ages come to an end, hallelujah. And by deception, I mean, you're not led away or led astray or distracted. Jesus Christ kept, you know, repeatedly would say, um, be careful that you are not deceived and that warning was not for naught. And um, we don't want to find out on a negative end or whatever, what exactly the deception is. We don't want to find out by being deceived. We want to find out by, you know, feasting on the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, hello, everyone. So good evening. Um, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Francis Seaboard Jr. I'm a member of, I am a member, not the member. I am a member of the Game Doom family. 
And on behalf of Pastor Francis Seaborn and Pastor Cherry Seaborn, I want to say welcome. Thank you so much for, um, you know, taking time out um, to hang out as we share the word and learn a lot more. So let's say a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you are amazing and you are doing all of these things. You are teaching us strategies. You are giving us impartations. You are ministering yourself to us. You are filtering things out. You are filtering the air that we breathe. You want us to discern the things that influence us. We thank you, Lord God, for this. In Jesus' name, I just saw like a filtering system, an organic filtering system, nose hairs, a sign of maturity and development. Hallelujah. That's so interesting. Wow. Okay. Hallelujah. That's so interesting. Okay. So uh, let me open up my notes here. Um, uh, Yes. So basically, we've been talking about feasting, right? Uh, We've spoken about feasting on both the good and the bad side of things, right? We spoke about the seven kingdoms of this world, amen, and how there are, um, these correspond to these, um, yes, there is, there, there is a digestion of, of, of Satan's life that is ongoing, and Satan has set up institutions, um, social constructs, and basically civilization to enforce that that diet is being kept, and um, um, right now we are in the fifth transitioning, sorry, we're in the sixth transitioning to the seventh, and um, <laughs> when I say we, I don't mean we as believers, amen. I'm speaking about the entire world, right? Um, based on what um, season you're born in, um, you are born into a specific um, allotment of time when the earth as a whole or the world, let me say the world, was digesting Satan's life, amen, to some degree. Um, but right now, um, the Lord is also, and I'm saying also, with asterisks because we both we all know right that the lord started this off in fact if you look at the book of genesis chapter 2 amen when god planted a garden in eden and he commanded adam to eat of every tree in the garden except for one amen the original hebrew um creates this um very interesting um narrative that suggests that um adam and eve um god said you may freely eat the actual hebrew would tell you if you read the actual hebrew not king james king james suggests that God was like, you may freely eat, but the original Hebrew says, you must eat every tree of this garden, except for the tree not good and evil. Amen. And so we can see very clearly from the scriptures that um, God was the one that, first of all, set a table for us. Amen. He's the one that first invited us to feast and to eat. Amen. And um, Satan has only known the things that God is doing. So he's going to mimic, imitate, copy, pervert. Hallelujah. Shacklebend. <laughs> um, amen. And um, so you see all throughout the ages, you know, Satan keeps on trying to replicate stuff, amen? And um, the processes that you see Satan um, trying to take humanity through were processes that initially were prescribed by God, amen? And it was that humanity would digest, um, humanity would digest the life of God, amen? And that was what the Garden of Eden was for. That is what um, happened when the Torah was given, amen? That was the invitation that um, the Lord used Moses and everything that happened in the book of Exodus, really, to invite Israel into, amen, the, the, I've said this repeatedly, amen, that the um, encounter that Israel had at Mount Sinai um, was actually an invitation to feast with God, to experience organic priesthood, to dine with the Lord, amen, and um, this experience was not unique to Israel. This was something that Abraham partook of, Isaac partook of, amen. They all partook of these things in different, different measures, amen. 
Um, and um, I think something that would help with all of this is understanding that to be able to feast correctly, I think I have that captured, right? Um, there needs to be context for priesthood, for feeding, sorry. But let me, before I say, um, say that, let me share something really interesting. So um, Paul Keith Davis, um, he was, I was into a teaching by him today, and he was talking, he had his vision where he saw this old lady. This lady was a seeker of the Lord, and something very interesting happened. She um, had this out-of-body experience and went into the heavenlies, and through a lot of you know spiritual transactions, eventually emerged with um, a a chunk of of the unveiling of who Christ is. Amen. And what now happened was that when she finished having that experience, she returned into her body. Amen. After successfully downloading that, now when she downloaded that, okay, um, all around the world, pastors, prophets, teachers, apostles began to receive that thing that she released into the body. Does this make sense? It's almost like we have our own internet, amen? We have our own email, our own text messaging system, our own push notification service. And as we interact with God and feast on the Lord, amen, what now happens is like, kind of like what I explained with the man-child company. I love, I, it was basically like a, almost like a retelling of that, of, of that teaching. That's what I, that I saw that vision as. The man-child company feasts on the Lord, and because they feasted on the Lord, they speak with the voice of a trumpet, amen? And that's what this lady did. And when she spoke with the voice of a trumpet, I'm using that parabolically, all the other ministers of the gospel in the body then began to teach the true word of God. Amen. And um, this is going to look like revivals breaking out all over the place. And this is going to, yeah, that's basically what it's going to look like. Amen. Outpourings of the spirit of God, because I explained the seven seals, that's what they are. Outpourings of the spirit of God that are received privately, right? Interactions, transactions, feastings, meals. Amen. Um, a diet, prescribed diets of the Lord. Amen. Which eventually will be communicated to the church by the man-child company and eventually by the church um, to the world as the bowls of wrath. Hallelujah. Now, um, okay, and um, yes, yes. You know, when, when I talk about feasting, I think I, I'm gonna read my notes here, okay? Um, feasting subconsciously dictates to us how we should function, okay? The life that we are meant to live. Now, I'm saying this because when someone has been feasting, amen, on a specific life, whether it is God's life or Satan's life, the fruit of that diet is that you subconsciously or instinctively begin to live out that life. Now, I've explained during Melchizedek, I explained that part of the feasting process is exercising yourself. I'm going to get to explain the reason why that is the case, but I encourage you to watch that teaching if you can, um, where exercising yourself is part of the feasting process, kind of like you chewing your food, right? It's kind of like you swallowing your food, kind of like your food going down your... The um, digestive tracts, right? You're a waste of agus. <laughs> Hallelujah. So whatever life I'm feeding on, I'm feasting on, determines the kind of life that I live subconsciously in my heart, in my secret places, in my subconscious, in my unconscious. Amen. And um, this is important because you see it, um, a very interesting narrative. I'm going, I alluded to this during the, um, the conference, the Watch Prophetic Conference. I'm going to point at that again. Amen. Um, and the the I mean, I'm not going to open up the scriptures. I'm just say it out loud. God actually called Moses, Aaron, and the seventy elders of Israel, along with all of Israel, to come up on the mountain to be with Him. But the only person that actually responded to that call was Moses. All the other people did not. Amen. And so, because of this, when Aaron wanted to bring forth what we would consider to be um, a likeness of God, when he wanted to try and live out God's life. Or, or when he tried to show people what God looked like, okay? So the man-child company, because they feasted, 
Amen. They are going to be able to declare who the Lord is to the people. Amen. And so um, Aaron, um, having not feasted, tries to declare who God is to the people. And when he declares who God is, it is a molded calf. I taught, I spoke about this during the, um, the Watchman Freddy conference. I encourage you to go listen to that message as well. Um, during that time, you know, you see some things in the original Hebrew language that um, would be clear if not for translators, you know, kind of putting their own spin on things, if that makes sense. Um, but it's very frightening, very sober and very scary because when Aaron pointed at that calf, the golden calf that he made, he literally called it Yahweh. This is not because he was trying to be sacrilegious. It's not because he had evil intentions. It's not because he was a bad person. It was simply because he had not yet fed on the revelation of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Moses, on the other hand, when he finished eating from God, he received instructions for the tabernacle, the altar unto God, amen, the portal, amen. Basically, what Moses received was the context for feeding. Aaron received context for feeding as well when he fed only on this world. And I'm, I'm saying this for a reason, you know, in 2018, when pastor, uh, we had a conference, Yahweh to Face in 2018, and for me, it was life-changing. And I learned a whole lot of stuff um, back then that I feel like the Lord has really used to push me forward even till now. And um, a major thrust I had was, you know, while waiting on the Lord and asking the Lord for, you know, what does Zion civilization look like? And what does our, what, what is our way of life, our culture? Because what I saw during that conference was that, wow, there is meant to be a Zion, you know, version of the Yoruba people, if that makes sense. A Zion version of Igbo people, a Zion version of the French people, of the British, right? Of the folks from, of the South Koreans, of the Australians, of the South Americans. I'm, I'm going continent-wise now, amen? Um, so how do we do that? Do we just copy what the Bible says per se and then, you know, and that's it? And the Lord told me no. Um, that is not going to be all that is going to be necessary. That's going to be a part of the process, but that won't be all. Basically, the Lord was one to show me was that the same way Moses got the blueprints for Israel, a nation on the earth, it is going to be the same process necessary for every single people group. I'm going to say that again. You are for every people group to experience redemption. There must be a Moses person, someone that is going to go up on the mountain and feast and dine with God. This is what I alluded to when we read from Revelations chapter 15, the last time we were together. Hallelujah. When I, um, I spoke about, I didn't speak about anything. The Bible said this, okay? I saw this out in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on a sea of glass, having the harps of God. Now, this is the critical part, okay? Verse three, they sing the song of Moses, the servants of God, and the song of the lamb. Now, this is a song of the people that went to feast with God when no one else did. I explained that Elijah is a part of this because Elijah partook of the consequence of feeding. I explained this already, right? Hallelujah. I explained this last time we spoke. I'm doing word for now. Amen. Hallelujah. So again, looking back, amen, on, on everything here, um, 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 the way, the people that you're seeing here in Revelation chapter 15, this is the 144,000, which when you look at Revelation chapter 7, the Bible explicitly explains that they are from every tribe and tongue and people group. Amen? So God wants Moseses from every nation. 
Amen. And I'm saying this because of not just because of what the Bible is saying here, but if you read Matthew chapter 25, you see where Jesus Christ appears. Amen. The Bible explains that all the nations of the world will be gathered unto him. Amen. Um, this is uh, Matthew 25 from verse 31. Let's just read this real quick. It take us any time. Bible says here, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations shall be gathered before him. He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, okay? He will set the sheep nations because remember, what was gathered before him? The nations, amen? So he's gonna gather the sheep nations, amen? And set them on his right hand, but the goats on his left hand, okay? There's going to be a division between sheep nations and goat nations, amen? And um, this process, um, you know, we're pointing out here, um, requires, amen, for a nation to be a sheep nation, that was what God wanted Israel to be. They must feed on the Lord, right? My sheep hear my voice. How does hearing come, right? Remember that verse, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word, the re revelation of God's word, revelation of Jesus Christ, amen? It is very crucial that we understand the significance of feasting even at this time. And dare I say, it's even more critical because we are in the Feast of Tabernacles, right? Hallelujah. That's what actually what's happening now. So we start, we, this kicked off on, on, on Sunday, amen? And we're going to go, we're going for seven days, amen? The Feast of Tabernacles actually has a buildup, like a, kind of like the Feast of Weeks. The Feast of Weeks was, each week was one measure of buildup, like a, so there was seven um, buildups. So there was the fullness of, of the Feast of Weeks called the Day of Pentecost. It's seven sevens. That um, gives you 49. The day after that is when the day of Pentecost fully comes. Amen. For these are tabernacles. Every single day is a graduation, right? And this is, again, very similar to what you see with, with Joshua and um, going around the walls of Jericho. And again, book of Revelation with the seven seven. So you see seven seven with the Feast of Trumpets, amen. With the, sorry, Feast of Pentecost, amen. And you see sevens again with the Feast of Tabernacles. I hope everything I'm saying makes sense. If what I'm saying doesn't make sense, you want to familiarize yourself with the um, the Jewish feast, which I, do I have that image here? It'd be wonderful if I did. That would be great. Let's see here, the Feast of Israel. So let's pull that up there. There we go. So we have the Spring Feast, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and, Pen and Pentecost. From um, Passover begins to tick off a counter of about um, um, 50 days, and that climaxes at Pentecost. Then from Pentecost, we continue to get the Feast of Trumpets. Then we have atonement. Then we have seven days of tabernacles. Amen. Another um, term for the Feast of Tabernacles is the Feast of the Open Book. Amen. And isn't that so interesting? We've been talking about how the book is unsealed, right? The unsealing of the books comes by feasting. Amen. I want to encourage you to um, take time out and do your own personal study. Listen to these messages. Take note of all the scriptures highlighted. If I say something that it sounds like I'm quoting a scripture, search Google, you know, go on Google and search for those scriptures and make sure you're not just drifting. <laughs> feast, feast, who cares? Go, let's make money, amen? Don't be that shallow believer. You are going to wound yourself, amen? Especially in the, in the, in the times that are upon the earth right now, amen? Where um, you have um, people in the dark realm, amen, more committed to their feeding process, to their feasting process. You see people who are prescribing to their, or sorry, partaking of their prescribed diet, amen? And you're seeing it happen. The world is being shepherded. You're seeing how stupid and how stupid and how foolish 
um, people like judges have become. A judge is supposed to be someone with a sound mind, right? That can judge and make decisions. When you hear some judges talking in some of the developed nations, you can tell that something is wrong. Bible says Babylon, amen, is a drink in God's hand, which the nations have drunk and it has driven them mad, amen? That absence of the spirits of God, amen, because of feasting on this world has made people's ability to discern correctly, it has turned it off. Irrespective, I know there's many reasons why you can say people arrive at these conclusions. Whatever your conclusion is, that is the state of things now. And if we as believers are not feasting, we're not going to be able to combat the evil. Because as gross darkness covers the earth, the commandment given to us is to shine. We are actually, if you remember what we discussed last time, the Manchow company rises and arrests, amen, um, um, hijacks the church from Satan before the Antichrist comes, amen. There's a few other scary things I'm not going to share that happens in that process of the, of the, of the Manchow company usurping Satan's authority. Amen. But um, um, the major thing I want to, um, you know, lay down here is that um, we're in the Feast of Tabernacles right now, the Feast of the Open Book. The name um, is um, actually Sukkot and it means booths or, or tents. Amen. And um, this feast, um, um, hallelujah. Is actually that's actually where we are right now in our narrative as we're studying the scriptures. We're in Revelation 15 right now. And if we keep on reading, we're going to climax it. But I, I want to hammer something real quick. Amen. And it is this that Moses went up on the mountain. And because he fed, amen, because he fed, he could communicate so accurately, so precisely that every prophetic voice from God kept on saying things like, I think in Isaiah 8, chapter 8, it says, if anyone does not speak according to the law and the testimony that Moses brought down, there is no light in them. Amen. Now, someone would think that it just means to copy blatantly what Moses is saying. I dare say that that is not true. Amen. We've gone over spiritual heritages. Amen. We've, we've gone over that um, a few times and we've explained that in continuing, um, you know, even our graphic, right, for the... Um, um, Watchman Prophetic Conference, amen. I showed how each age of Christ looks different. You have the chalkboard one for first, you have the calligraphy, amen. You have the typewriter, you have the LED or OLED panel, kind of like the, the digitizer, like your alarm clock kind of deal there, amen. You, you have um, um, the, the, um, the um, sans serif font, the high resolution displays, and you have a futuristic font a font with a a more futuristic theme amen um the purpose in showing all of these things is that christ amen oh dear got the thing here i was trying to rearrange my table behind the scenes here christ looks different in each age even though he is it's the same spirit at work amen just like how iniquity has looked different over the ages amen even though it's the same spirit at work again we explained persia right greece on 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 amen I'm hammering these things so that everyone can go and don't, don't settle for what Mr. Francis says. Take a weekend, maybe this weekend, and feast on God. Spend a lot of time in prayer so your heart is soft and you can hear from God clearly, and then open up the scriptures. Maybe start Friday night, maybe Thursday when we're having the youth vigil. Pray then on you know, the, next, um, the next day you spend time in the word. You can listen to the audio Bible, amen. Take time out and actually make sure you understand these things. Don't settle for jibber jabber, amen. So um, Moses was able to build, 
amen, accurately what he saw, unlike Aaron was because of feeding. Just like the man-child company is going to be able to liberate the church from Satan. And the reason why that has to be done is because for millennia, many people have not been feeding. We have something called the Dark Ages that took place, amen. The Dark Ages was literally because if they don't speak according to law and the testimony, there is no light in them, right? And like I was saying about um, um, Christ, amen, he looks different in every age, but he's the same spirit, right? We want to make sure that we're not just imitating, but that we are connected, amen? That is crucial, not imitation, it is connection, amen? So we're following the trail of the spirits of God, what he did in, the time, in times past, like what we're doing now, looking through the scriptures, right? But we want to make sure that we're keeping the same rules of engagement of the same spirit while we allow the spirit to continue the narrative that he, or the story that he's telling, amen? So for example, you would see that in the Old Testament, there'll be one character, like a Moses or an Elijah. But in the New Testament, you see mantles, right? Where these men of God, these, um, pre, these forerunners, these precursors, amen? These prophets that prophesied of the grace of God that be given to us, amen? It is like the things that God worked on the inside of them, God wants to multiply, amen? And so there's going to be a lot of Moseses on the earth and they are going to be building according to the pattern. They're not going to build because they read a Bible verse. They're going to build because they were they feasted with God for 40 days and 40 nights and they received the testimony. Amen. This is critical. They received the testament. We've been reading in the book of Revelation. Okay. Like, for example, now, right now, we're in Revelation chapter 15. Amen. And we have said, I think, um, yeah, 15. I can say 15. Amen. We've read through um, some of the, the beautiful language here, right? They keep on singing the song of Moses and, and the Lamb. And then it says in verse five, after these things, so they go through the song. I'm going to, I'm going to sing the song right now because of time. After these things, I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. Someone says, aren't the temple and the tabernacle the same thing? You are absolutely correct. Amen. That um, the tabernacle simply means a tent. So the thing that is housing the testimony, all right, is itself inside of a temple. Now, just to break this down, what, what, what the Bible is showing us here is that there is a testimony of Jesus and there is a container for that testimony of Jesus. And that container is contained inside of something else. Amen. This is what you saw in Revelation 11 when the Lord God of the whole earth, I made reference to this a few words for now ago. This was definitely last week when I explained that the angel in Revelation chapter 10 that appeared. Amen. That angel has the name, the Lord God of the whole earth. And I explained that the angel is not God. But the angel, it's kind of like when an angel appeared to Moses and it was God appeared to Moses. Amen. And so that angel began to, Mama's preached about this, right? Began to measure the tabernacle. And he said, leave out the outer court for that is for the Gentiles. That is for the nations. That is sobering because if you are a child of God and you are in the outer court, you are not considered, amen, a member of the body according to that portion of scripture. That is very sobering. I didn't say it, it is in the Bible. The Bible says that the outer court is left for the Gentiles. Now, you know what's so interesting? Once you enter the holy place, the first thing that you are going to see, because the lamp stands, enable you to see, right? So the, when you enter the holy place, sight is first given, but that sight is for something called a table of shoe bread, amen? So basically, if you as a child of God are not feasting, you are going to be overrun by the Gentiles. Don't think it means that you're going to have armed robbers running into your house and then trampling you to death. 
No, 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 no. The, the, what's simply going to be happening is that worldliness would overtake you. Amen. And you're going to find yourself being overwhelmed by worldliness. The same thing that happened to Aaron. Amen. He was overtaken by a worldliness. And when they told him to bring forth what God looks like, what did he bring forth? A golden calf. That was all he had. You cannot give what you don't have. Such as I have, give I thee. So God is telling us now, leave the outer court. Amen. And come into the holy place. Amen. Come and feast with God. Amen. There is the climax of that, which is the most holy. So you have the holy place. Amen. That represents the virgin church that you see in Revelations chapter 12, the woman clothed with the sun. But then you have the tabernacle of the testimony. Again, remember, okay, there is the temple, which is the woman, which is the body of Christ, the virgin body of Christ. And then there is the tabernacle of the testimony. The tabernacle of the testimony is the man-child company. Amen. They have received the strict diet of the Lord. Amen. Over a period of time, they have received seven doses or they, they're in the seven, experiencing the seventh dose, right? At this point in time, amen. As far as the scripture is concerned. What I mean by that is where we are in the scriptures right now, they are currently experiencing the seventh um, 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 part of this diet. Amen. They are experiencing the seventh part, amen, of this seven course meal. Amen. And because of that, a, a portion of the testimony has been communicated to them enough to relinquish Satan's authority over the church. Amen. And when I say Satan's authority over the church, Satan has no power over the church, but we in the church, our ignorance of who Jesus Christ is, is empowering Satan. It's kind of like a believer, for example, who has been traumatized by masquerades at night in his sleep, but he's a new creation in Christ. He doesn't know. Now we can say he's a new creation, but he just doesn't know. I make it seem like it's all fine and good. Ignorance is killing Christians left, right, and center. Many Christians died from COVID, amen? And I'm just gonna say it again. Many Christians died from COVID because of ignorance. They just believed the wrong thing. They fed, they fed, they partook of the wrong diet. So Jesus Christ said something, be very careful what you hear and be very careful how you hear. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. We, yes, we can trivialize some of these things and maybe, you know, maybe try and get away with um, one or two things like, oh, okay, we'll just read our Bibles. Okay, they say we should feast, we should feast. If you don't take it seriously, you are going to be overtaken. I, you know, right now in the world, if you look at what's happening in the world right now, this is Word for Now, right? Amen. And we, we, uh, I've noticed that the trend in Word for Now is a passive prophesying. Um, there's this move of the Spirit of God where things are said and they happen to be prophetic. Amen. And you see them playing out later on. As crisis begins to, as this world economy begins to topple, as fuel prices begin to rise, as housing prices begin to rise, as things get more and more unfavorable, as famine is coming, if you are not feeding, you will die. <laughs> and the way you will die, you know, we would all, you know, celebrate you at the funeral. Amen. And we would say that, you, got, you know, you really love God. Amen and blah, 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 but you're gone. And that would be so sad because this period of time, I think Paul Gideon shared this vision about when Bob Jones went to the heavenlies and was talking to Apostle Paul and all these church fathers, early church fathers and, and church leaders, all they wanted, he was like, please tell me what it was like to experience you know, the raw power of God at this time in the early church. Do you know what they were interested in, in, in hearing Paul talk about and hearing on Bob Jones talk about? You know, they kind of gave him like a little spiel, but they were more concerned about what it is like being, amen, 
a part of the end time church. The church that would experience, amen, the seventh, amen, the breaking of the seventh seal, amen, the sounding of the seventh trumpet, amen, the outpouring of the bowls of wrath. Hallelujah. Okay. It is very important that we understand that feeding has context, amen. If that context is not present, there is no feeding taking place, amen. Jesus Christ received this context, amen. And so because of that, um, um, he now communicates that context to the man-child company by the breaking of the seven seals. When the man-child company receives this context, the man-child company gives this context to the church by the sounding of the seven trumpets. And once the church has received this context, the church then pours out this context over the world, demanding that all of the earth will partake of the glories of God. Kind of like what, you know how Satan tempted Jesus? We read that in Matthew chapter 4, when he opened up his chest, right, and revealed, he showed him all the glories, right? All the kingdoms of this world and their glories. God wants to do the same thing with his life. He wants to show, Bible says, the knowledge of the glory of God shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. If you look at the narrative in 2 Peter chapter 3, the Bible speaks about the vengeance of God coming like fire. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, resembling the flood of Noah. Check 2, Corinthians, 2 Peter chapter 3. I'm going to say 2 Corinthians. 2 Peter chapter 3. And you're going to see that what is going to happen is there's going to be a flooding, amen, of this universe with the glory of God. And underneath that, um, would I say that, that flood, amen, a new age is being born as the earth is going, <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's going to be a shifting of tectonic plates, amen, by virtue of this outpouring, amen, but it's going to take place only through a church that has fed because some people have fed. And I believe that if you're here now, God, is, God wants you to sign up to prescribe, amen, hallelujah. And we are, we are looking at, let me say something that's very important, okay? In that image of the, of the seven feasts, amen? The first feast, Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits, they kind of are involuntary, amen? I know nowadays many believers, they barely, they barely experience Passover. So they're kind of born again, but they're kind of still in the world, kind of still, kind of, but they didn't experience enough, amen, of a, they didn't, feast enough on the life of God for whatsoever reason. Amen. Or maybe they did, but they're so in touch with this world. I really have no answer to that question, but many believers, I can just tell, I do not see unleavened bread. Amen. Maybe my yardstick is incorrect. Maybe they need to get born again, again, <laughs> or maybe they need to eat that Passover meal again. Amen. But then um, first fruits, amen. Sorry. But if you notice that the, um, this first, the spring feasts, they're kind of involuntary, right? Someone preaches the gospel to you, and you just start weeping, right? You just respond. You barely, you don't take the initiative. Even, even when someone like, mama shared the story of how she really wanted to become a believer, amen? And at a specific age that, you know, that is I was birth. And she kept on looking for Christians that, that were inspiring to her, amen? I, I want to say something that, even though it seems like she's saying that she was the one that was looking, seeds were sown in her life when she was younger. She explained that, okay? And it was harvest season. Okay, what happened was over time, amen, there was a measure of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus that she was being exposed to, amen. And once that qualified as a feast, there was a stirring in her heart, okay. And once that measure was filled, 
she gave her life to Jesus. It was involuntary. There might have been a part that she had to play because we all have to believe the gospel as the truth, but most of it is involuntary. But I can assure you, the Feast of Pentecost is not involuntary. You must, you must go through the diet. If you ever see people that bring moves of God to the earth, they have to go through this feasting process here. Amen? A measure, amen, of the book has to be unsealed to you. And if you, you, you don't go through this accident, you don't just stumble on it, amen? You have to make sacrifice. You have to take time. The truth is that all of these feasts, you see that all of them, there is an expected offering for every single one of these feasts, amen? With the climax being tabernacles. If you are not able to bring forth the offering, you are not keeping the feast. And because of that, you will bear your iniquity. Someone says, bear your iniquity. You just got taken all my sin. Yes, he's taking all of your sin. We're going to continue to experience your sin. And by your sin, I mean the civilization of this world. We're going to keep on feasting on this world. Amen. These things are not, um, um, it's not, um, you can't dodge feasting and say that I am in Christ, so I don't need to feast. What life are you living right now? I'm not talking about, um, what should I call it, when you're in worship. I'm talking about when situations hit you in the face. That life that you are living subconsciously, amen? You are living that life because of what you have been feeding on, amen? So if you want to live out the life of Christ, it is necessary for us to go and feast on him, amen? All right, so we're continuing this narrative. We've been on Revelations chapter 15, amen? So the tabernacle was opened. Now to the temple came the seven angels having the seven plagues clothed in pure bright linen, having their chests girded with golden bands. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels, seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Now let me explain something, okay? There's a reason why the Bible is saying this, okay? This, the process you're about to see right here is, will I say, um, um, will I say synonymous? It is almost like a prophetic retelling of what happened in the book of Exodus chapter 40. I'm going to show this scripture to us real quick. Amen. Exodus chapter 40 from verse 34. Amen. Let's start from 32, 33. Okay. Let's just read real quick. And this is Moses. Moses raised up the court all around the tabernacle and the altar and he hung up the screen of the court gate. So Moses had finished the work. Verse 34, then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Hmm. Do you notice how no one was able to enter amen what is that a a, a point or two it says here in in verse eight the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of god and from his power and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed can you see how the what is called the plagues is actually the glory of god w without this understanding you might think the book of revelation is a scary book it is scary to this world system, but if you are prescribed to that heavenly diet, amen, if you are, if, if you subscribe, amen, 
to the, to the, to the, to the feasts of the Lord. Amen. To the seasonal meals the Lord is bringing forth. Amen. What you're going to be discovering is that the discovery of Jesus Christ, amen, is going to be synonymous without rock, cuts without hands, smiting each of the ages of this world. All of them, not each of them, all of them, amen, until they are ground to powder. Hallelujah. So let's jump real quick to chapter 16 as we continue, amen. <sighs> and I heard a loud voice from the temple. Hmm, that's the, so the church, amen, a voice erupts from the church. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> I love the scriptures, man. Jeez, look at how awesome this is. I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven, this is coming from the church, amen? This church that we're seeing now, that were, hallelujah. This is a beautiful time, amen? A loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God upon the earth. So when the church, amen, when because the man-child company has gone through her feeding, his feeding, their feeding, amen, his, her, they, okay, and they have administered, amen, this meal to the body, amen, the body is now built up into a tabernacle, amen. Now, from the tabernacle, there's a, there's a beautiful portion of scripture, amen, I think is worth um, 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 pointing out. Amen. Um, let's look at number seven, verse 89. Sheesh, number seven, verse 89. That's a long chapter. When Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him, he heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, thus he spoke to him, amen? So essentially the Bible is saying here, this is where that voice came from. There's so many verses, amen? I could show this in so many ways as Isaiah 66, amen? Um, the sound of noise from the city, the sound of, of vengeance, amen? Hallelujah, I think from verse five, let see if I can open that up for us to see that real quick, amen? Hear ye the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word, your brethren who hated you, cast out for my name's sake. Yet the Lord be glorified that we may see your joy, but they shall be ashamed. The sound of noise from the city, the city is New Jerusalem, a voice from the temple. The temple is the church, the voice of the Lord who fully repays his enemies. Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child who has heard such a thing, who has seen such things. Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. This beloved is the climax, amen? Bringing Zion to the place where she can be fruitful is the, that is why the man-child company has to be raised. That is why Moses has to go up on the mountain. If Moses don't go on that mountain, there's no tabernacle, amen? And so if we don't feast on God, we are denying, amen, the Lord, amen, access to the church and access to the world. Like I said before, I shared the vision with Paul K. Davis. You don't have to be a pastor to feast on God. You don't have to be a fivefold minister. 
the woman that um, Paul Davis saw in that vision was a believer just like you and I. She wasn't a pastor or prophet or apostle evangelist or teacher, amen, as in called full-time ministry. She was a regular believer, amen, what we call laity, amen. But what happened was that because of, because she's a functional member of the body and every joint supplies for the edifying, the building up, the edifying, the building of this edifice, this edifice is the spiritual dwelling place of God, amen. According to Ephesians chapter four, oh, thank you, Jesus. Maybe I should explain this. Ephesians chapter four, let's start from verse 11. He himself gave some to the apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So she got equipped, amen, by her apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, okay? There was a release from these, the five ministry gifts to this lady, okay? For the work of ministering to the Lord. The ministry captured here is spelt out the edifying of the body of Christ. You're going to see this in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, when Paul said, we who have this ministry of beholding as in a, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, amen? For the edifying of the body, the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. So you see in the beginning, he explains that the fivefold ministry for the equipping of the body but later on, you see that actually the entire body is part of the equipping process. Amen. Or sorry, the entire body is part of the edifying process. Amen. So again, we're going to read that scripture again so we can get some more clarity. Okay. The fivefold ministries equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the pastors, prophets, and teachers teach believers how to feast on God so that the body can be nourished. Does that make sense? Amen. Okay. So we're going to keep this going. Hallelujah. So from this church, amen, that has become a dwelling place of God, from the temple, a decree goes to the seven angels, release the glory of God upon this earth. Now, there's already a wave of God's glory that's hitting the earth at this point in time, because there's no way the church can get to this point, and the church will just look anyhow, and then they now say, I release the glory now, then no, 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 no. There's already outpourings of the Spirit of God. There's already glory, you know, glory, um, 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 glory waves that are taking place. Amen. There's already um, outpourings taking place. What we're talking about, let me show you the destination of all of this. Amen. The first one poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foe. So they keep on going upon uh, people who are rebellious against God. Okay, the glory of God begins to hurt and and cause pain. I explained before the lake of fire is the presence of God. So what's happening here is as God's glory is being poured out upon the earth. It is going to be experienced as pain to those people that choose to experience life, amen, the same way Satan experiences life. And Satan, some greatest fear is the glory of God, amen. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain, amen. Understand that this is not like angels are going and pouring buckets of water out. No, no, this is coming out of the church. Believers, beloved, out of your bellies, rivers are flowing, amen. Hallelujah. So what's happening is as this shout is coming from the church, people in the body are beginning to just erupt, amen, with the God's glory. Now, that will look like the life of God on display. People walking in unusual love and forgiveness 
but also a very spectacular display of signs and wonders that has never been seen before. I'm talking about where you're going to be seeing angels physically, amen, walking around, not just, there's villages where there's demonic things that happen. There's also communities where we have things like glory dust, amen, glory clouds, amen, um, feathers left behind, um, angels walking around, their footsteps being heard, amen. You're going to be seeing things on a scale that has ne- hitherto yet been undream- you know, unheard of, amen. <sighs> then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, amen, and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast. Okay, and my false prophets, they are the spirits of demons performing signs and wonders, which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of Armageddon. Do you see how Satan keeps on releasing trump cards the more he's pushed to a corner? <laughs> I just think it's funny. Hallelujah. Because um, it says here, um, verse 15, behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gather them together to the place called in Hebrew, Armageddon. (laughs) Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl. Look at where the the bowl is poured out. Into the air. So the goal of the bowls of wrath is to completely hijack all of the universe. So basically there's an ascension, okay? God's going, God's going, filling up different layers and stratas, amen, of this earth's government until finally it's a, it hijacks the air, amen, where the prince of the power of the air is, amen. That's where the Bible refers to. Many Bible said that um, we wrestle not against um, flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, in high places, amen. And the Bible makes reference to um, humanity walking according to the course, amen, of the prince, of the power, of the air. Now, this is now Satan's seat in the world. I'm talking about on this planet. I'm talking about in this, in this universe. That is where the final bowl is poured out. I know what happens after it's poured out. A loud voice comes out of the temple of heaven. <laughs> this is the church, by the way. From the throne of God saying, it is done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings. And there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. Now the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath and every island fled away and the mountains were not found. And great hail fell from heaven, from heaven fell upon man, each hail still went by the weight of a talent. Man blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was exceedingly great. Hallelujah. Do you know what's happening here? This is the return of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll say it again, okay? What you're seeing here is as the seven bowls, amen, are poured out into the air. And the church is crying, it is done. That statement, it is done, amen, is the shout we're going to see in 1 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Let's read this real quick, okay? For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Remember how the Bible says that those who are in heaven, okay, the temple in heaven, amen? It's all of us together, but the Bible was careful to identify our brothers and sisters who are dead in Christ, amen? They start shouting first, amen? <laughs> then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, the clouds of glory covering the entire earth. Because remember, um, the temple was filled with clouds and with glory and with smoke, right? Guess what we're going to do? We're going to meet the Lord where? In the same air the seventh bowl of wrath was poured out and thus we shall always be with the lord you see this also in first corinthians chapter 15. hallelujah you see this in um verse 52 amen the bible says in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall all be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this, hallelujah, I'm not gonna um, burn our few, few last few moments we have with each other here, amen. Later on, you see in chapter 17 where they explicitly explain Babylon's architecture, amen, hallelujah. But um, when Babylon is overthrown, amen, that's something that happens progressively, amen? I think that's what I think needs to be understood here, okay? As the church is shouting, that shout, amen, is being released, amen? What begins to happen is that the, um, this is after the bowl of wrath, the bowl of wrath falling into the air, amen? You see entities beginning to descend from the heavenlies, amen? After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. I think this is gonna be seen physically because the angel cried with a loud voice, Babylon is fallen amen and you're going to keep on seeing all these stories about people crying and weeping and blah 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 ship master rejoice okay all right blah 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 so after all that noise has been made verse 19 i heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying hallelujah salvation and glory and honor and power belongs to our god for true and righteous are his judgments you know, you might not realize that basically everything that's happening so far, happened so far, amen, is that loud shout that's been released, amen, as a church releases this cry, amen, we're going from chapter 16 all the way to 19, because basically what you see in the book of Revelation is that John kind of zooms in on Babylon being destroyed, first of all, has relation of Babylon's architecture, and then um, he now shows the response to her being destroyed. Then he goes back to what was happening, where he left off in chapter 16. Amen. So you keep on seeing all these praises. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The smoke rises forever and ever. Amen. And then verse, um, 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 let me see here, verse um, 11. Now I saw the heavens opened and behold a white horse. Amen. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. I would say, sit at my right hand until I make all of your enemies your footstool. Amen. All of those enemies, he received crowns on his head from every single one of those enemies. Hallelujah. Basically what you're seeing is what we call the rapture. I want to explain something, amen making the, what that phrase rapture ready being rapture ready means being you're, you're, that means you are you you're interested in partaking of the feast of tabernacles 
That means you're interested in going through all of the seven feasts. Because what we just looked at here, this narrative here for the book of Revelation, amen, is the story that simply is showing us, amen, that if the man-child company does not feed, do you know that this thing was written? My voice is very low. I am so sorry. Apologies, beloved. Um, original sound is off. Can Maybe I should increase, automatically adjust, adjust my volume. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Is this better? I don't know if that even helped. <laughs> uh, okay, we just trust God. Hallelujah, I'm so sorry. Someone said no. Wow, has it been low this entire time? Oh dear. So all of y'all have been squinting. What is my decibel reading at zero? This is the loudest this thing can get me to. Hallelujah. I'm so sorry. I'll make some changes later on. Amen. As soon as I can. Am I using my? I am. Let's keep this going. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. What was I saying? Yes. Amen. If when, when we when we talk about the rapture, amen. When we talk about the resurrection of the dead, when we talk about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the second coming of Jesus, the rapture, all these things, amen. We've explained that the rapture is not going to happen the way we think it's going to happen, amen. Jesus Christ is going to return physically, bodily on the earth, amen. But his physical return on the earth, amen, is going to be in the midst of the saints, amen. Hallelujah. I personally believe that when this happens, you're going to see the entire church has been, has been um, 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 not just well-nourished and fed, but developed, amen? A church that is so developed, they were able to pour out, release the cry. Paul K. Davis calls that cry to go out and pour the loud voice from heaven, sorry, that it is done as the voice of the bride, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I think we are in for a lot. And um, if you remember the testimonies that Amy Thomas David sh um, shared during the Watchman Prophetic Conference when she spoke about, if you haven't watched that message, I encourage you to go back and watch. It's called The Power of the Spoken Word. Hallelujah. She spoke about, she shared about how God would give her prophetic words to release over regions and God will back up. You know, she had a word about the fear of the Lord and quaking and trembling and an earthquake. Amen. She had another word about, I can't remember what the other one was, about the springing forth of, of the new things that God is doing. And literally on a mountain, several hundred feet above sea level, beyond any springs of water, water came out of a flinty rock. Amen. Basically showing that when humans, amen, believers, not just humans, humans, human being, you partake of the feast of God, you become a believer, right? So partake, you partake from faith to faith. Amen. When humans, amen, partake, amen, of this meal of the Lord, the fruits of that, amen, is that when they speak, creation responds, amen? And there's so much to be said because I'm making reference to our last conference, Open Heavens um, Prophetic Conference, amen? But even looking at what we're talking about right now, amen? The, the coming of Moses, amen? Um, the coming of Kenneth Hagin, amen? The coming of John the Baptist, amen? All that God has for us in this season, beloved, is feasting, so that we can become the tabernacle of the testimony. Can I tell you something? The entire book of Revelations, amen? This book, I have my Bible here, but I don't want to move it because it's resting on some cables here, okay? But this entire book of Revelations is about one thing, the construction of the temple. Because some people agreed to feast on the Lord. Amen? I, I want to encourage you, amen, to not... Especially since we're in the Feast of Tabernacles, amen. We're in the Feast of the Open Book, amen. 
which is funny because I opened book yesterday, right? I don't want us to, when the Feast of Booths, dwelling with God, I don't want us to ignore this invitation. Right now, believers are having encounters left, right, and center. Amen? Ask yourself this question. What are you experiencing right now? Even if you're not experiencing, for example, something vivid and prophetic per se, are you feasting on God? Are you fasting this world? Amen. Are you denying yourself the pleasures of this world? Are you engaging the Lord actively so that you can feast, amen, on the unsealed book, so that you can experience the seal, the seals being broken? Hallelujah. Amen. I want to make sure I've gone through all my notes here. Yep, 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 yep. Amen. What's, what is happening here is that God wants people that will sing the song of Moses, the servants of God. Amen. God wants people that will sing the song of the Lamb. Amen. These are individuals, beloved. Amen. That feasted on God. I want to say one more thing before we close. Amen. I think would help. Amen. And I've said this before. The mountain that the invitation was made, where, where the invitation was made in Exodus chapter 19, amen, is a theme you're going to see all throughout the scriptures. The mountain of the Lord is that context. Hallelujah. That we're talking about. Amen. The mountain of the Lord. God for us right now, amen. What is being formed is the man-child company. Amen. And our goal is to become Zion, that stronghold where the testimony is found. And then the goal of us as Zion is to make the church Zion. Amen. And then the end goal is that all of the earth will be consumed, swallowed up. That is the vision of Nebuchadnezzar, right? That the rock became a mountain that swallowed up the entire earth. But that, that mountain that the rock was chipped out from, amen, it was, he was a member of the body of Christ that accepted feeding. The invitation that God made on Sinai to go up on the mountain, amen, in Exodus chapter 19, is a theme you're going to see all throughout scriptures, amen? All of these invitations, beloved, are simply this, being a genuine and real friend of God. I'm not talking about you talking to God on an informal basis, saying, God, now, how you did now? That doesn't mean you're God's friend, amen? That doesn't mean you are God's friend. We have this thing in our millennial culture where we, we take things, um, we're really shallow with a lot of things, unfortunately, amen? Yes, we want to talk about being authentic and real. It's such a huge contradiction of, we're not, we're not very even with our yardstick sometimes, amen? Um, speaking broken English to God doesn't mean you're his friend. <laughs> so sad that has to be said. You know, using slangs when you're in, in prayer doesn't mean that you're God's friend. Amen. You are God's friend. Jesus Christ explained how to, how, what being a friend of God means. Amen. Because that is actually what feasting on God means. People that feasted on God, basically in scripture that we have captured. We know about Elijah, we know about Moses, we know about Abraham, we know about Jesus. Amen. But we're going to see something, an earmark around all these people. They were called friends of God. Amen. Moses, Abraham, um, Elijah, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not saying that no one else was God's friend. I'm just pointing, highlighting these people that we find more explicit mentions of. Amen. In scriptures. These individuals, hallelujah, were friends of God. Friendship with God, according to Jesus. Maybe I'll just find that verse and we'll end with this. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Because that's what priesthood is. Amen. All of this feasting, amen, is where we grow. Bible says friendship with this world is enmity with the Lord. Command. John 15. Hallelujah. I hope someone has been blessed by any of this. At least something somewhere. <laughs> amen. I really hope so. Amen. Friendship with this world is enmity with God. Whoever makes himself the friend of this world makes himself an enemy of God. Whoever makes himself a friend of God makes himself an enemy of this world. That's why the book of Revelation seems to be filled with bad things happening because friends of God are manifesting. Enemies of this world are manifesting. A believer that loves Jesus, that cries in worship, amen, that reads his Bible every day, but loves this world, is not really feasting on God. He might have partaken of Passover, but he definitely has not touched Pentecost yet. Amen. Pentecost speaks about the law of the spirits of life in Christ Jesus that liberates you from the law of sin and death. I'm not going to get to that right now. That's for a different time. Amen. We'll explain each of the feasts one by one. Amen. But as a believer, hatred for this world is critical. And we're going to see why. Because Jesus Christ said this, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, the privilege given to those, right, that do his will, that do his commandments, is that no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Do you know what Jesus Christ heard from his father? Let's go real quick to Revelation chapter one. Amen. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. Amen. These things that must surely take place is actually the tabernacle, the erecting of the tabernacle of God. It was first of all given to Jesus himself. He is the tabernacle of God. In fact, he actually becomes the testimony, really, amen? He becomes the testament, amen? His spirit, amen, the spirit of prophecy is that testimony of Jesus, amen? Then we, if we would feast on him, like in Revelation 3, right? Anoka Sandor and Anoki that opens up, I'll down with him and him with me. Amen. If we feast on him, we become the tabernacle of the testimony. And as we minister to the body, amen, as we declare who Jesus Christ is to the body, amen, as the seven trumpets are sounding, the body becomes the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony. Amen. And as the church now begins to declare to the world, amen. The testimony of Jesus, we find the entire world being swallowed by the knowledge of the glory of God. When that happens, there is no temple any longer. God is the temple. The reason for that is because at that point in time, God is everywhere. God is manifest everywhere. So the temple is everywhere. Amen. The temple is in you. It's in me. It's on the earth. It's in trees. It's in plants. God is everywhere. There is now no holy place per se. Everywhere is holy. Amen. There is a concentration, an obvious concentration of the workings of God, amen, from the, um, from the sons of God, amen, those through whom God has, has been made manifest by the new creation entities. That is very true, amen, hallelujah. But that concentration from them, amen, is actually spread out everywhere. Because of the work, the severity, the intensity of work done on, on inside of them, there is, uh, there is no like, it's not like when you're mixing, I hope everyone understands the picture I'm trying to paint here, amen. In the age to come, the man-child company, 
Amen. The 144,000. Amen. The sons of God, the bride of Christ. Amen. The new Jerusalem. Amen. The people who enter the new creation state tangibly. Amen. There is not going to be a concentration of God around them as in around them alone per se, because they are going to so enforce, amen, so heavily enforce, amen, righteousness upon the entire planet that there's going to be an even distribution. It's like they're going to stir righteousness in that cup of the Lord. It's not going to be a thick sediment at the bottom alone. It's going to be evenly mixed throughout. So there's nowhere in creation that there's not going to be a constant experience of God. Now within the sons of God, but within the new creation entities, amen, you're going to find a constitution that is superior to what is experienced on the outside, amen? Hallelujah. But make no mistake, everywhere on uh, in the universe, everywhere in creation, amen, God is there. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the tabernacle of God, amen, where God is clearly seen. When we're talking about feasting, it's basically feasting our eyes on Jesus, amen, partaking of his Holy Spirit, amen, seeing God, hallelujah, part of seeing is obedience, amen, hallelujah. So we're going to um, come to this journey of using the book of Revelations, amen, to explain the necessity of feeding. This is the last um, portion or page of that, amen. We're going to end, you know, uh, maybe I'll read a verse of scripture to end everything, whatever, but we basically come to the end of everything, amen. It's that verse that says, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, amen. And that's in, um, yes, Saw New um, Holy City New Jews come out from out of heaven. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. This is a reality in our spirit, man, right now. Amen. But it's going to be very, very tangible and made manifest. Amen. Hallelujah. <sighs> I hope you were blessed by all of this. I hope this ministered to you in some form or fashion. I hope you understand everything that was said. I hope this wasn't too difficult. Amen. I know I ran through some things while trying to explain all these portions of scripture. There's an obvious reason why we have a limited amount of time. And I wanted to make sure that we hit or at least hit to the end by the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. Amen. Um, if you have questions, I'm going to encourage you again, actually write down these questions. All right. Go back, study and you know, look over the scriptures. Amen. And then come back if the questions still remain so that we can look at them before we get into whatever the next word for now is. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to thank you so much for joining us, beloved. I really hope you were blessed by this. If you weren't, I trust the Lord to minister to you in some form or fashion, despite any of that. Hallelujah. I want to thank you again so much for joining us this evening. We don't take your joining us um, um, for granted. Pastor Francis Seabor sends his love and his greetings. Um, Jesus loves you, beloved. Have a blessed day and have a good night. <laughs>